show. This is On The Grill, and I'm your host. My name is Paul from Grilling With Coda. Grilling With Coda. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Grilling With Coda to stay dialed in to the latest podcast news, and you can check out what I'm grilling up. Now you're going to want to follow my next guest. This Pacific Northwest, Northwest native has been kind enough to share her journey of the outdoors and passion for enjoying life to the fullest. Whether it's behind the lens of her camera, fishing with her husband, or waterfowl hunting with her lab, the message has always stayed the same. Get outside and enjoy your life. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephanie Sineko from at Stephanie underscore Sineko. How are we doing, Stephanie? Good. How are you? Did I butcher the last name even though we just went over it? No, it's perfect. <laughs> All right, so, so give it the real pronunciation. Suneko. Okay. Yep. See, so yeah, I, I got to hear it and then say it. So. Yeah. No, you did perfect. It's, it gets All butchered right. an awful lot, so you did great. <laughs> I bet. that Now, the T is silent, correct? Correct. Yep. Um, and it's actually my middle name. My last name's Olson, but... There's a lot of Stephanie Olsons in the world, so I thought Suneko would be a little bit more. It would stand out a little bit more. Absolutely. And that's a yeah. uh, professional name you kind of go by? Yeah, for my photography um, business. So it, it really grabs people usually. So that's what I went with. Absolutely. No, yeah. and, and um, I guess you kind of have to be open to the mind that people are going to butcher that last name. People oh, kind of yeah. mess up mine too. So Absolutely. Uh, but like you said, it stands out and it, and it shows a little bit of your diversity. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's. I want to get into um, your early life. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a Pacific Northwest native, correct? Yes. Grew up in Oregon. Yeah. So I grew up um, in a small town outside of Portland, about 15 miles from Portland, um, and it's called Damascus. Uh, I was I wasn't born there. I was born in Portland. We lived there for about four years, and then when I was four or five, we moved out to Damascus on about two acres. Um, I grew up there. I have an older brother and it was kind of cool because when we bought the property with the house, there was a Christmas tree farm on there. So my parents ran that for a couple of years and we just got to go crazy on two acres and run around in the trees. So I think that's where I get my wandering from. <laughs> it was So it was always a Christmas tree farm and you guys just kind of took it over? Yep. Yep. There's a house on the property and the, the trees. So we just kind of... So you, you know how to pick out a good Christmas tree when it comes that time of the year? I'd like to say I do, but yeah. my husband could say different. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so you did... I mean, two acres is a lot as a kid growing up. I mean, it and is. especially in that area too, I'm sure there was a lot of stuff to get into and, and kind of feed the appetite to explore, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And my dad from a young age, he taught me, you know, how to mow the property and we had a chicken coop and the neighbors had cows and um, my dad actually bred German shepherds so we always had dogs Um, so I spent a lot of my time outside just like I said wandering roaming around kind of just hanging out. So the lifestyle you live now as far as being outdoors Mm -hmm. and 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 um, you know sharing your, your life with your husband and dogs it's always it's always just been kind of your life and you, you yeah, kept it going right absolutely yeah. yeah dogs have been a huge part of my life um I can't imagine life without them because they're right. just awesome no. you know you know yeah, <laughs> yeah I know yeah my, yeah my dog's the star of the show yeah um now you grew up with parents uh your dad being Dutch mm-hmm. and your mom being Vat- Vietnamese correct Japanese oh Japanese yep. okay yeah um how is I think it's the best of both worlds. You get mm-hmm. two cultures, um, you get two life experiences. Mm-hmm. Did did they influence you and your brother anyway, and, and allow you to, to uh, learn from both of their cultures? I definitely would say yes. Um, you know, my mom's side of the family was very traditional, um, and. As far as like respect, you know, hardworking. My grandparents both grew up on farms. They were farmers and they were very hardworking. Um, But same thing with my dad. I mean, they both had similar values, uh, both of their families. And I, that really shaped my brother and I to be the people we are today, you know, hardworking, compassionate. Um, 
you know, my dad kind of had the more strong, you know, side of things, but my mom was the more sensitive, kind of quiet one. So they balanced each other out and it kind of, you know, it balanced my brother and I out too, I think. Yeah, for sure. And they're two cultures that that share an immense amount of uh, depth in in history. So absolutely. it's, It's, it's something that's great. And, and I think like we kind of talked about is, uh, you have a, a, a Dutch background and then a Japanese mm-hmm. growing up in the United States. There's, there's so much to learn from and, and I, right. that diversity really can, uh, open your eyes to a lot. And like you said, the compassion, mm-hmm. but also having that strength and that, that work ethic right. that, that really, uh, allows us to, to, to be successful in our own eyes. So. Yeah, absolutely. And my, so, um, my grandma and grandpa during the war, my grandpa lived in Ontario, Oregon, uh, my mom's dad. So they didn't get sent off to the camps, but my grandma, she lived just right on the line there where they had to, you know, pack up all their things. They were put on a train, um, and they were actually sent over to Idaho. Um, so, you know, we went over there and saw that and, just kind of seeing where she was and hearing that history um, and kind of educating people is super important, I think, because, you know, sometimes it just goes under the wayside and you don't hear too much about it. Um, oh, so. absolutely. And those stories get lost, too, from oh, Generation Drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's they're so important and it's it's who we are and, and um, it can have an everlasting impact on us. So absolutely. Um, and sometimes those get lost. And unfortunately, I've got I've the the stories that you're told younger at a, a young age, you kind of forget. Right. But you you realize those life values of what your parents were trying to teach you or your grandparents were trying to teach you uh, come in to your adult life and mm-hmm. you need that experience. And and sometimes you need to you need to be retold those stories in those those values need to be uh, uh, soaked back in, if you Absolutely. will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, now, I definitely want to talk about this. Um, you and I talked, and uh, your father bravely served in the Vietnam War. First of all, I want to thank your father for his service, um, especially at a, at a war that was just, and it just, just took so many lives, and it was just a, a, a part. It's just a, a big part of our American uh, culture and who we are. And, and, um, my father-in-law served in Vietnam. And anytime I get a chance to, uh, to listen to any one of these stories, just how it was and, Mm -hmm. and the effect that it had on, on the country, I always, uh, uh, enjoy listening. So, uh, I just want to thank your father for his service. And, uh, I know, I know this had a big impact in your life. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. So growing up, you know, you're a kid, you're, you don't really understand certain things. Um, and so I remember being little and, um, I just, I thought my dad was grumpy, you know, and I wasn't sure, you know, how to handle it, you know? And so the older I got, the more we became educated on it, the more he became educated on it. Um, he has combat PTSD. Um, and basically what his job was, he was a combat engineer. Um, so he, for the army or yeah, for the army. Um, and he was part of LERP, which is long range patrol. Um, basically they were the first boots down. Um, they, they were in the shit, pardon my French, but he, he endured a lot. And, um, I just, it never, it never made sense as a kid, you know, what he went through. And I don't even think he knew what was going on. But in um, and, and to all fairness, I think at that time, there was really no identification. I think we realized that combat, combat veteran and service members had uh, some type of trauma. But now right. I think PTSD is now kind of a newer term. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so, I mean, your dad's basically a time bomb. Right. Um, and there's no services to, to, to help this. So, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and when they came back from the war, you know this, um, you know, they weren't supported. They weren't able to talk about the war. They just kind of had to come back, you know, shut up and just do their thing. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a good thing to be in the military at that time versus now, you know, we celebrate people in the military. Um, When they when my dad came home, you know, people protesters were spitting at him and 
you know, calling him all kinds of names and it just, it wasn't a good time. And so I think he's used to just storing that and not, you know, talking about it or talking about his feelings. Um, Absolutely. And and it has to be, I mean, for your dad, whether, uh, do you know if he was drafted or, or volunteered or? He was drafted. Or, see, and, and that, that makes it tough mm-hmm. too. It was such a, uh, such a mixed emotions mm-hmm. of, of feelings of being told to go do something. I, right. I had the opportunity to, to join willingly, um, which kind of changes it but your dad like said it was drafted and you kind of just have to roll with it right. regardless of your views or right. opinions yeah um and like you said it was very controversial wars follows uh, as far as the hippie movement mm-hmm. and and just being over there in general so right uh, it's just amazing to hear the, these these types of stories and uh man I, and your dad being the first boot on the ground mm-hmm. his it, the impact it had it just it's just immense right um, and I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. You're good. No, 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 go ahead. Um, part of, you know, the PTSD and everything, I think he hunted and fished a lot when he got back and he grew up hunting and fishing as well. But I think really when he got back from the war, that was kind of his outlet. Um, you know, if he just was able to get out and be by himself and, you know, kind of be in God's country and. Did, did he ever talk about his time or anything he had to do? Um, he, ever... he does. So he struggled with this for a long time. Um, and I'd say the last few years, he's really dug into his PTSD therapy. Um, I'm super proud of him because he, you know, he's going to counseling and he's starting to open up more and, um, for our family, that's huge. He's always kind of kept things in. Um, and it's as a family, it's hard because you're there, but you can't, there's necessarily nothing you can do to help them, you know, other than your support. And that it's hard to see him struggle and not be able to, you know, do anything really. Um, you know, we would offer, you know, dad, we're here to help you anyway. But I think for him, you know, doing it himself was a huge thing. Absolutely. Uh, so. and, and this is something that's a lifelong process and a journey for, for anyone who, who had to endure this, obviously, exactly. you know, you, you hold this and, and you carry it with you. So, yeah. I mean, you and I can only imagine what the things your dad saw and he had to do. Right. Um, just is just an immense amount of pressure for anyone to bear. So, um, to be able to walk around and be somber and, and it's, it's a, it's a lot to hold in. Right. And uh, I think to myself, he deals with this every single day, you know, people deal with it every single day, every hour, every minute. And I just, no wonder it takes a toll on people. You know, it's, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Absolutely. And, and like, like we said, that's something that's being brought to light now a little more than, than ever. Right. It's something that's more openly talked about. Um, not even with military, just first responders, uh, exactly. law enforcement. Mm-hmm. This, these are real problems and it's, it's a real thing and it, and it could lead down a path of destruction unless it's, it's either talked about or the support group. So right. it sounds like your family gave your dad the tools he needed to 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 overcome this or at least find a means to an end of any pain or or anything in even if it's just the solitude of getting outdoors right uh, so did he always just kind of want to be outdoors by himself at the beginning because i know he had a big influence as a child for you uh, about getting you outdoors yeah he um you know he spent a lot of time outdoors and um I just, it's fun to see all the old hunting photos and fishing photos. And, um, he actually ran a guiding business for a while, um, in central Oregon. Um, so he really enjoyed taking people out fishing and rafting. And, um, so I think that played a huge part in everything that was going on. So you think that was a big part of him recovering just? I think so. Yeah. At at what point did you join his 
or did he always allow you to be a part of this or was it something he needed to do on his own and just kind of not have any influence by any family? Um, I mean, we've always kind of been a part of it, but I think we really, it really, we really stepped in, in the last couple years. He kind of let us in and let us, let us help him with stuff. Did you ever see a different side to your dad of just, you can tell a weight was off his shoulder when he was doing what he loved. Obviously he, oh, he yeah. loved his family. But. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we, so he leased a ranch in central Oregon. I was probably, I want to say I was a freshman in high school probably. Um, and it was, it's out in central Oregon, kind of by Mitchell, Oregon. And, um, it was right on the river and we hunted and fish. We planted pheasants, did, you know, fence work, took other hunters out. And that, that place was the place that he was the happiest. Um, you know, he was outdoors. He was doing what he loved. He was with his family. We have great memories. We leased that ranch for about 15 years. Um, so that, I would say that was the place that he could be himself the most. Now, that's awesome. And you can tell and you have to encourage him when when you find the happiness and, and you know, that's great for your dad to Absolutely. able to, to vent in that way. Mm-hmm. So, And I think now that I think about it, this is funny, but seeing him outdoors and seeing him so happy, I think that's why I enjoyed going out with him because I, I saw that happiness. I saw, you know, that spark in his eye and he wasn't always like that. So I think that was a huge thing for me and him. And that's definitely something that can to, to gravitate you to always want to be outdoors with your mm-hmm. dad and hunt because you get that special time. Exactly. Now, your brother, he wasn't, he didn't really, did he do any more hunting with you guys too? Um, he kind of hunted here and there, but <laughs> like I told you before, I'm kind of the son of the family. Um, Cause I love the outdoors. I, I hunt and fish and my brother's not super into it anymore, but he's got a family now and he's got a good career. So I always joke with him that I shoot better than him and he's kind of the girl of the family. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's good. Does it, you, does it bother, uh, does it bother your brother a little bit? No, kind of I don't think him? so. I don't think so. Um, he used to tease me about it all the time, but I think, I think underneath he thinks his sister's pretty cool. Absolutely. And especially, um, you know, that's gotta be a great family time talk to, yeah. uh, just being outdoors and, and, and sharing those memories too. Uh, you know, I never really connected with my dad like that. We, we always had just a few things, but we never really, we, we never really had a thing that mm-hmm. was Paul and dad time. Right. It was more just kind of being busy and doing that. So for you to share this memory with your dad, it's amazing. And yeah. It's definitely something that's just uh, precious to each and every one of us. Uh, what were some of the things your dad, lessons that your dad hammered home to you uh, while hunting or anything do you think that he wanted you to really learn? Um, definitely the hardworking. He always said, you know, work hard, play hard. So we would work our asses off and then, you know, take time off and head over to the property. And again, we'd work hard and then we'd play. And that's something, you know, that he instilled in me from a young age. Um, and that's something that I strive for every day. Is it, do you find yourself using your dad's techniques as far as hunting or... Um... Is there a side of you that say you could, that's, you feel like you hunt like your dad or you evaluate things like your dad? Yeah, I definitely am a lot like my dad. So (laughs) pluses and minuses, but, um, you know, I took some things from him and I take everybody that I meet, I take things from and kind of, you know, mesh it into my own little thing, but. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of it. But like you said, your dad helped build that foundation and he started with the, he started with a good core of, of lessons to be learned. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, um, I just want to thank you and your family for sharing that, being able to share that story and and your dad. And and I hope, uh, hope his, his journey through this is, is, is it's a long road. It could be an endless road for all we know, but it's definitely a road that he's not alone on. And, And I'm glad his family was just there to support every, 
him every step of the way. So I just want to thank your dad for his service and uh, thank you for you allowing to share that story and for you sharing that story. Well, thank you. All right, let's get into um, your you're now living in Idaho. And, yes. Um, there's such a draw to your page because of the beautiful hunting and fishing uh, photos that you take. We're not going to get into your photography just yet. Okay. But I just want to get into um, Idaho in general. Um, obviously, this is uh, a great place to live if you loved outdoors, right? Yes, it is. Or I could say no and just pretend it's terrible. Right. <laughs> so nobody <Yeah>. comes here. <laughs> yeah, that's no, true. It's it's awesome. Um, and we moved over, I believe 2013 is when my husband and I moved over. But one of the reasons we picked this place is because of, you know, the great outdoors. He's a avid, you know, fisherman and hunter. So we kind of wanted to be close to places we could go. And, you know, not that we're four hours away, but more like an hour away and easy accessible. So, um, and obviously less people. Right. So we kind of made our way over here and we've loved it. So we've just stayed here ever since. What are some of the hunting advantages in Idaho or what are, what are some of the draws towards the hunting uh, experience in Idaho? Um, so, you know, coming from Portland, there's a lot of people that aren't fans of the hunting and fishing. So moving here, it's more welcomed and it's kind of nice to be able to, you know, talk to people about it and be open about it and not have to hide it. Um, from people. And just being able to get out, like I said, away from people, there's tons of public land. And um, it's, you know, we're still trying to learn how to hunt public because I was spoiled with the private on the ranch. So <laughs> right, right. That's, that's been kind of a, a different experience, but definitely fun. So has it has it made you into a better hunter? Hunter, do you think? I think so. Because like I said, I we hunted private ever since I can remember, you know, starting in high school on. So for me, that's all I've known. Um, so when we came over here last year, we went on my husband's first archery elk hunt and we were on public land and it, it makes you appreciate everything for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and what about for fishing? Obviously, Idaho is going to be a big fishing area too. What are some of the things that are drawing fishermen or or anyone who's a fishing enthusiast to Idaho? Um, so there's lots of lakes up north um, that are incredible for ice fishing. And I think a lot of people are drawn to that. Um, and there's perch, trout. Um, and then down where we fish, we fish on the river, the Snake River. Um, and we go after bass, smallmouth. Uh, there's some largemouth in there. Catfish. Um, Ooh, do you like catfish? I've never tried it. I'm kind of <laughs> afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, but I heard it's good. Ooh, man. Oh, fried catfish. I guess that's a thing, too. Really? Yeah. I, I hear it's great. But again, I don't. I'm, I'm a weird Japanese person. I'm not a fan of fish. <laughs> no sushi uh it's working its way back in but i think because my dad all we we ate a lot of salmon growing up so i think it just like put a bad taste in my mouth and i'm like nope not gonna eat fish <laughs> wow salmon i can have salmon every day it's, yeah yeah oh man smoked salmon is hard to beat oh yeah yeah but uh, um so now you get the the beauty of sharing your, your passion with outdoors with your husband mm -hmm. um you 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 guys showcase each other in all on your page you guys showcase uh your time with your husband yeah um what was it like uh learning maybe uh, uh having a new partner than different than your dad to to hunt with and share this this time with because it's such an intimate time like I said with your dad it was such an intimate memory mm -hmm. but now you got uh, your husband or, or if he was your boyfriend at the time when you guys started hunting, what was that like? Was it, was it a little standoffish at first or you just kind of let, let your doors, your, your guard down and say, you know, this, I got to give this a shot. Um, I'll be honest. I was kind of a brat at first. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to show him that I could do this stuff on my own, that my dad taught me, you know, how to do all this stuff. Um, but I kind of, 
put my foot in my mouth when we I took him over. Um, we were just dating at the time, but I took him over to my family's ranch that we were leasing, and we were deer hunting. And we uh, went up into the property, and we spotted these um, nice mule deer. There were three bucks together. So we ran up this hill, got all set up, and I was kneeling with a rifle, and it was super windy. And my husband said, you know, maybe you should shoot off my shoulder or lay down, something more sturdy. And I was going to show him that I could shoot like this. So a couple minutes go by. And, you know, I'm breathing heavy from running up the hill. It's windy. And I just, I keep telling myself, I'll show him I can hunt. I can do this. So I take a shot and it shoots below the deer. And this was, this was a nice, nice buck. It was one of the biggest bucks that I've shot at. Um, And I saw him in my scope, shot, missed. I think I shot twice and missed. And, you know, I'll never forget that. That kind of was like, okay, you you can accept help. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you think it came from? Was it just you as an individual feeling like you wanted to prove to him that you could do this? Or do you think it was such an intimate experience that you shared with your dad? You didn't kind of want to. Uh, maybe both. Yeah. yeah, maybe both. Because at the time, you know, my dad wasn't able to get around super great from the war. So he wasn't able to go up there. But at the same time, you know, I, I think I did kind of want to show Eric <laughs> that I could do it. <laughs> Right. No, absolutely. How much and, pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, now it looks like you guys have a, a blast and you're yeah. on the same page. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've really, we've we've been together for almost 10 years. Um, and we've really worked together as far as teamwork. You know, there's nobody else I'd want to be out outdoors with, you know, survival-wise, hunting-wise, fishing-wise, um, you know. Work. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think there's a joy to to being home and being able to tell your significant other about the great time you had. But right. There's a beauty and there's a strength and a bond of you guys experiencing either the worst trip hunting because it was cold, it was wet, and you came home with zero harvest, or you guys had the opportunity to shoot, uh, you know, a trophy buck. Mm-hmm. And those stories speak from the self. So it, it's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, who has the be- oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Growing up with my dad, you know, I looked up to him and he taught me so much. And now being able to have a husband that he, Eric has taught me so much about bass fishing because I didn't do a whole lot growing up um, and duck hunting too. He's, he's been my teacher for both. And it's, it's been really fun. It's amazing. You, you hit all three because you hit the hunt. Mm-hmm. the the waterfowl and the fish and yeah. it's just such a great uh i imagine you guys have a, a garage full of of gear oh my gosh we need a bigger house <laughs> for the gear. yeah yep <laughs> who has the better gear uh well i'd say i have the better bass gear because his dad always sends me his special bass stuff <laughs> um and I'd have to say I have a better bow set up too than my husband. Wow. <laughs> but I'd say he has like the better gun collection. Um, and he's got the boat. So, but I guess we share that. Yeah. yeah. So what's, we, both have, we both have the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. You're married. What's, what's yeah. his is mine and hers is his. Uh, is you, guys, <laughs> you guys still get competitive as far as any like bigger fish? Or- oh, all the time. Bass fishing's the worst. Um, yeah, we always, <laughs> I always get mad. <laughs> no, it's funny because I started, my dad taught me how to fly fish when I was younger and I haven't done it for a while. So the last year or so we started taking the fly rod out and I, I'm kind of stubborn, kind of like the whole deer thing. I want to show people that I can do it, you know, and if I can't do it, I want to figure out why I can't and how, how I can achieve my goal. So I was, I fished fly fish for probably an hour out of the boat while he just used a bait caster and I couldn't catch a damn thing. And then he grabs the fly rod and catches five fish in about 10 minutes. Oh, great. So we're definitely still competitive, but I think that's good. You know, I think it's good. Absolutely. To have that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you could be sharing that competitive edge with someone else. So it, it might make for a long car ride home. I but, know. <laughs> uh, once you guys get, 
digging into that that, yeah. that wild game meat or that fish yeah uh, I, I bet it all makes it all work. yeah it's all fun <laughs> yeah it's all fun and games and yeah. you, guys, you guys are doing what you love so yeah that's great absolutely um now obviously part of the the thrill of uh hunting and fishing is uh the cooking i know you said mm-hmm. your your husband takes care of most of the protein duties mm-hmm. but i'm assuming you guys uh harvest most of what you you uh kill or or hunt correct mm-hmm. yep um do you guys hold on to that meat or do you tend to give it away to friends and family or is, or is this kind of what you guys uh survive off uh throughout the year well we didn't really start big game hunting again until about last year. So my husband harvested his elk um, and we have people over, you know, and we'll cook it up. And some of our friends aren't super big fans of wild game, but, um, and then as far as like the ducks, I usually just make jerky out of that. That way we can just throw it in the truck or wherever we go. So, um, but it was kind of, sorry, go ahead. Do you have any uh, good duck mounts uh, in the house? You know what? We don't. (laughs) We have all big game ones, but no duck mounts, which is silly. (laughs) That's cool. Like, uh, I have uh, a pheasant I had from a hunt, Mm -hmm. and my wife made me put it in the garage because she didn't want the house. Oh, (laughs) that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's just another thing to dust. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Um, What's one of your favorite? cuts or or i know you like said you're kind of incorporating fish uh or is jerky your favorite thing to eat that you have harvested um i actually i do like the jerky because i do like a teriyaki um so that's probably my favorite but i also like um the elk burger oh goodness it's probably my favorite um and i do like chilies with it um, oh man, that does sound good. It's pretty good. <laughs> so, um, probably those two would be my favorite. What's, what's, uh, uh, I, I can't, I can't say for sure I've had duck. Um, I, I get a little waterfowl gaminess kind of, kind of yeah. sets me off. It's, if it's not prepared the right way, it's definitely super gamey, um, and ducky <laughs> and yeah, greasy. Yeah. But um, that, I think that's why I like the jerky because you can't really mess it up. You know, we just breast them out and then I let it set um, in teriyaki sauce for a little bit and then throw it in um, the dehydrator. But his dad, my husband's dad, actually makes some really good um, stir fry with it. And mm. it, you can't really taste the gamey flavor. Absolutely. But. And, and that's something I need to get better at is uh, some of these more like a quail or duck. Mm-hmm. But um, I never really grew up around it, so I don't know. I mean, I could cook it to internal temp, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it's supposed to taste like. So um, that's cool that you have at least a, a guide or yeah, or or a, a, a standard to set off of. So, mm-hmm. and I think food personally tastes better if it's if it's harvested from you or oh yeah, uh, there's just that much more uh, love for the food. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because we butchered his elk by ourselves. Um, normally we take it to a butcher. So just putting all that, you know, hunting public land, getting the elk, working our asses off to get the elk and, you know, doing all the work, putting it in, it really makes you appreciate, you know, the meat. Oh, absolutely. So. Um, now your husband cooks on a Traeger, correct? He does. Right on. And um, you kind of let him take care of the protein, but you're the big side dish uh, preparer, right? Yep. I do all the, the side goodies. <laughs> and uh, you, you can you hold your own on the Traeger a little bit as far as starting her up and, and just getting after it? I'm getting there. Um, I've done a few breakfast things so far, and I do like asparagus and peppers on there. Um, but I haven't really done the meat yet because i'm kind of i just haven't gotten comfortable enough with it yet yeah so. no and and uh it's a learning process but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm it's it's such a great way to cook especially uh wild game or mm-hmm. or uh it just goes in hand hand in hand um what are some of your signature side dishes i know you just mentioned asparagus but is there anything that if if you were to have guests over um uh, that your that your husband's gonna cook 
um, the protein and you're going to cook the side dish. What's typically probably going to probably going to be served? Mm, I'd say the asparagus for sure. And probably some potato salad because I make some mean potato salad. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's hard to beat. But yeah, we don't we don't get super fancy with anything. We just, you know, we try and stick with the veggies and the proteins. Um, so and we like to keep it super simple. Oh yeah, I'm oh. I'm I'm a protein and a vegetable guy all day. Mm-hmm. I've I've probably been three years or two years without really messing with carbs too much. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I'll throw down a carb, but if I can just have protein and veggies, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah. Um. Uh. What are some hunts that are definitely on your bucket list, whether it's out of Idaho or in Idaho? Ooh. Like that I've been on or that I want to go on? That you want to go. Yeah, definitely bucket list. Uh, probably New Zealand for birds. And here I would like to, I just started archery um, this year. I just bought a bow. So my goal would be to archery hunt this year. Um, so that's that's kind of my number one on my bucket list, I guess, is being able to harvest my first animal with a a bow and I don't know any, so many any fishing places. spots are you looking forward to um here no I want to go to Florida there you <laughs> go. Fly, deep, fly fishing deep. oh there you go for and sure and other than that that's really it <laughs> yeah I mean like it's hard not to leave Idaho it is uh, yeah when when you have some of the best hunting and fishing right there in your backyard. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What is some of your more memorable uh, times hunting in Idaho? What are some of the more, more memorable hunts, I should say? Um, definitely the ones with my dad um, on the property. I sh- shot my first deer with my dad, so that was super memorable. Um, Were you emotional or was it? was? Oh, yeah. I was, uh, how old was I? I can't even remember now. I was a teenager and I I just I shot the deer, had to melt down, and I was just so excited <laughs> and I couldn't stop crying and I was shaking and I think I was more excited that my dad was there. And you know, I I always wanted him to be proud of me and that was a moment that I knew he was proud of. Um so lots of emotions hit me during that time. Um which was awesome. Now I look back at it and like that was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. the w- one with my husband would be when we first moved over. We actually moved to Eastern Oregon before we moved to Idaho. So we lived in Eastern Oregon for 2 years. Um but we had gone on a duck hunt um with one of his friends and it was freezing and it was cold, rainy. Um and I had had a cold, I was sick, but I wanted to impress him. And we went out and limited out both days and it was, it was pretty kick-ass. Oh, perfect. So, and this one, and uh, I mean, imagine if you were feeling better too, what kind of experience you would have had. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what kind of makes it fun too. I mean, mm-hmm. you're able to remember the, the bad parts about it and still want to do it again. And that's definitely, uh, definitely shows that this is a passion for you. Right. All right, I want to switch into your bread and butter now. Yeah. Uh, photography. Yeah. Um, now, as much as uh, it, how great you showcase your hunting and, and your fishing, uh, you and I talked, your actually p- passion is for photography. Yes, it is. Um, ha- we, talk, we didn't talk, t- touch on it much, but you actually said uh, in the beginning, your dad kind of got you into ph- photography too uh, growing up, correct? He did. Yeah. So, um, back to the property, sorry, everything kind of stemmed from there, but my dad and I would always go on road trips and I had this, he got this little point and shoot digital camera. So, you know, I would just put that in the truck and we would drive around and I'd take pictures of wildlife and scenery and rocks and all kinds of stuff. Um, did you always just kind of stick with it? Obviously, yeah. just kind of a hobby. Just yeah, it was it. nothing serious. Um, and I didn't do it for a while. You know, when, once high school hit and I was, you know, a high schooler and I didn't want to 
do any of that. So probably for about four years, I didn't shoot anything. Um, But it was funny because every time I would tell my dad to stop, he would stop, but he would go, he wouldn't stop soon enough. So when I, when I would look at something like a deer or, you know, some kind of scenery, I'd say, no, no, you need to back up. And he's like, well, it's the same picture. But, you know, in my, in my head, it wasn't the same picture. I was seeing something that he wasn't seeing. Um, and so kind of fast forwarding into now, that's, that's kind of why I like photography so much is it's, I, it's hard for me to teach someone photography because when I look through the camera or I'm looking at something, it's what I see. It's what I feel. It's got to give me a certain feeling um, with what I'm shooting. So it's all just in the moment, what's through the lens. And, and it's definitely a different angle. I, I just kind of dabble in food photography. Mm-hmm. But it, and it takes me a minute to get what I envision in my head. But you're dealing with a, a, a live feed through your lens. And, and it's ever-changing, constant uh but you're able to to depict uh, a certain beauty through your photography and in the outdoors. So, um, yeah. And uh, I think a big part of it, I have, you know, growing up with my dad and having PTSD, he wasn't great about expressing his feelings. So that kind of transferred over to me. And I think photography is the best way for me to show my feelings and express those to people. Um, so that's absolutely that's no. And it's, it's a message that definitely uh, wanted me to reach out to you to do this podcast because you do feel like there's a story behind those pictures. Right. Uh, and it's a, it's a meaningful one, even if it's just about uh, the beauty of the land or just the beauty in the hunt. It, it, it was definitely great. Um, how, now, how did you get into photography on a p- professional level? What what made you say, OK, this is something I want to pursue? Probably a couple years into living in Idaho, um, I met some great people here. Um, I actually do some photos for, they're called Idaho Backcountry Veterans. Um, They're a nonprofit group here in Idaho. um, And their mission is to get veterans outdoors, hunting and fishing, camping, anything like that. and they do like youth duck hunts for veterans kids. So I've photographed some of those. Um, you know, I kind of got my foot in the door with some other groups. So that's when I really was like, you know, I want to advertise for this. I want to do this because there's so many stories in these hunts, you know, and a lot of, I notice a lot of pictures are just of the harvest. And it's like, well, there's, People are getting ready for the hunt early in the morning. You know, they're putting out decoys or, you know, trail cams or, you know, doing whatever they're doing. And that's, that's what I want to do. I want to tell a story with my photography. And that's when it really clicked. Like, you know, I want to do this professionally. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, there's more to the story than the end result. Uh, right. As Spencer told me, it's uh, the grip and grin pose. Yeah. There's a whole bunch more of story being told you know, the 4 a.m. wake up call and, and mm-hmm. the coffee going and it's it's just the beauty of it. And uh, do we love seeing the end result? Yeah, but there is a story to be told of that grind and, and just the majesticness of of getting out and uh, and just the work it takes for that end result is always right. is always fun to see. And right. you do a great job. So Thank you. Um. Now, do you just stick to outdoor photography? I, I know there's on your page, you have a lot of landscape, uh, which are just amazing. Thank and you. Um, you do get into, a, uh, like I said, the ins and outs of of uh, waterfowl hunting and fishing. But do you ever do any other type of photography? So I do um, portrait photography as well. So like families, you know, weddings, um, graduation, all that kind of stuff. And I actually really started with that. Um, and kind of formed that side of my business. And then I kind of transferred into the outdoor photography. Um, so is there, there a different, 
I mean, I imagine that this is going to be a no-brainer question, but is there definitely a different adrenaline or a rush when you're shooting outdoors versus? Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. There's, you know, it's it's a huge rush for me to do pictures outdoors. You know, of the hunts and fishing, and um, I do love portraits, but I I'd have to say my heart is in the outdoor photography for sure. Absolutely. So. But it is um, to capture those special moments for people, you know, like the weddings, that kind of thing. I'm those sure. Are those days for people. So. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and yeah. those are times to be cherished. And uh, um, just like I said, me dabbling in photography, it, it it makes me wish I would have started a little earlier. Just be just because a steel shot can can tell a story and, and it lasts a long time. So, I actually the. The food photography has uh, driven me to be a little more um, adventurous in my other photography, just as a hobby and just yeah. to capture moments. And so it's definitely a snowball effect of being being able to to tell a story with the picture. Mm -hmm. So um, um, well, and now when your photos yeah. are pretty kick ass, so just keep shooting. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah. I, I, I love a good uh, critique. So, um, I'm still trying to learn my way around a DSLR and yeah. uh, there, uh, YouTube got me through that and <laughs> let's see what else. Oh, biggest thing I can tell you is don't be afraid to get your camera dirty and get in a tree or lay on the ground. I mean, cameras are pretty durable. So if you got to, you know, get in a weird spot to get the shot, do it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's different good uh, vantage points of, like I said, being in a tree or on the ground. It's, mm -hmm. it's, all, it's all part of the, the shot. Absolutely. Um, now, are you going in, say you're going to do a, a outdoor shot, not mm -hmm. not a landscaping, but like an action uh, mm -hmm. moment shot. Is there an idea you have in your your mind or are you just kind of looking the lens and play, playing the the moment out? and just waiting to capture that moment? Um, I kind of stage it out a little bit, but for the most part, my favorite shots are the unplanned ones. Um, you know, like when we're out duck hunting, I just kind of, if I see something, I take a shot, you know. My husband's always joking with me, why aren't you taking a picture of that or this? Or, you know, there's just, I have to see a certain thing and it's got to make me feel a certain way, like I said. Or it's right. not, not going to turn out, the, to the image that I want it to be. One of your personal favorites of mine is uh, is the one of your lab holding the duck in its mouth. It's, oh, thank uh, you. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's just such an awesome moment and such an awesome skill. Uh, I think it's just incredible that dogs do this. Um, so it's probably one of my fa favorite moments that you've captured. Thank uh, you. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty. He is an amazing dog. He some of the hunts he's been on, he will go all day long. He retrieved a four man limit one day in freezing temperatures. And he just kept going until he just fell over. Amazing. So and they love it. Oh it's man. Cool. It's incredible. Wow. It, so. it, I, I still don't know how to put into words how incredible that is. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, um, now would you say you have a specific style of photography or is just kind of, uh, is is there a category for your photography style? Um, I just put it in the outdoor lifestyle photography because <laughs> I That's don't. Fine, I guess. You know, <laughs> it is yeah. kind of outdoor outdoor lifestyle. So um, fair enough. But I was gonna go into like the hunting photography, but you know, with the fishing and just the general outdoors, it kind of just made sense to go with the other one. So absolutely. Yeah. Um. Excuse me. When you are traveling and doing photography, what are some must-haves that you are taking? If you're just packing out on a long, a long, uh, if it's going to be a long trip, what what are what are some of the things you're taking? Definitely take a cleaning kit for the camera. Um, that's that's a huge thing because you know you're going to run into you could run into snow, rain, dust. Um, that's probably number one on my list. Um, just because, you know, like I said, you get your camera dirty if you need to get a shot. So you got to be able to clean your lens and um, keep them nice and clear. Now, what do you, actually, probably a question I should ask in the beginning. Uh, what yeah. are you shooting with? 
Uh, Nikon D500. And then I've got, um, for lenses, um, I shoot a Tamron 24 to 70. And um, the Tamron lenses are super crisp and clear. Um, my camera, I got that camera because it's, you know, it, it shoots so quickly for like the waterfowl hunting um, and the birds. And those lenses just pair really nicely with that camera. Was this trial and error or you just doing research of this is the um, setup you wanted? I did research um, just because the first camera I had, it just wasn't fast enough. It didn't do good enough in low light. Um, and everything I was shooting was either in low light or, you know, really fast. So I kind of just did some research. I rented a few lenses. Um, that's like a huge thing if you're ever wanting to kind of play with different gear. I would rent stuff and you can kind of see what you like, what you would use more of. Um, but that's basically what I did. And then I just kind of nailed it down to, okay, what am I going to use the most? Um, so yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well said. Um, now what's a gadget or accessory that's on your radar that you do not have as far as photography? Or do you have everything you kind of want already? There's got to be something. No, I, there is like a wide, I want to get a wide angle lens just because, you know, in the boat or in the blind, it, it captures more, you know, you can see more in the shot. And I think that's, that's high on my list. Yeah. Especially being in Idaho too, where there's yeah. a, a vast scenery that you want to capture. So absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So. Um, now more importantly, how, how are you pushing yourself as a photographer to get better? How, how does this work? Um, so again, I'll go back to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I try and watch a video a day and I just sit down with my camera. Um, cause I'm all self-taught on my camera. So there's still things I don't know about it. Um, there's still settings I'm not super, you know, dialed in on, but I feel like educating myself as much as I can on certain things really helps. Um, and just getting out and shooting, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, if hunting related or not, I try and get out and shoot anything that I possibly can. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And, you know, just get as much uh, shots as you can and just, yeah. just learn from it. Absolutely. Who are some of the photographers you kind of look up to? Um, there's one here actually in Idaho, and she is by far my favorite. Um, and she, her stuff is incredible. She does, you know, she started out in portraits, um, and then she moved on to, um, like, uh, hunting and fishing, those kind of photos. But her name's Hillary Mayberry. She's up in Sun Valley, Idaho, which is up north. Um, and she, she's awesome. Her photography is incredible. Um, I message her once in a while, and she's the coolest person, so down to earth. Um, and so I, I really look up to her, um, and hope to be like her one day, <laughs> there you go. but, um, she's by far one of my favorites. So, nice. No, it's yeah. always good to have a, a mentor or, or, uh, someone you always look up to regardless of what level you're at. So mm -hmm. it's always, it's always fun and always to have, uh, you know, uh, a bar set high that you look up to. Absolutely. Um, so I shared with you one of my favorite pictures, but what are some of your more favorite uh, or some of your favorite uh, pictures that you've, you've shot? Um, I would say definitely anything I've done with the Idaho backcountry veterans. Cause you know, it's, it's close to my heart and you know, I, I, I want to do things, you know, to help veterans. And I feel like that's my part to helping them is doing the photography because they can look back on those images, you know? Um, and then probably my husband's elk hunt last year because his brother came over from Oregon. And so, you know, a lot of the photography was of them and they hadn't hunted for years together. So that was super special. And, you know, I just kind of hung back and did the photography and they did their thing. And, you know, a lot of those images will have for years and they'll be able to look back on them. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, those photos last forever. And it's just a great way to reflect on that memory because uh, half the time we forget about 
uh, I always forget 10 years ago or, or something mm-hmm. like that. And a picture just kind of brings it all together. Right. Um, what are some of the photography opportunities that you're looking forward to doing? I know we talked about hunts you're looking forward to, mm-hmm. but uh, what about photography? What do, what do you want to kind of dabble in or, or get into next? Is there any, anything you want to look forward? Is there anything you look forward to doing? Um, I've done a lot of like waterfowl hunts, but I'd like to do more like um, big game hunts, like, you know, a couple day hunt. I've only done like, you know, my husband's hunts or a half a day waterfowl hunt. I'd really like to go out and go for a few days and just yeah, have a whole experience and, you know, be able to shoot a ton. Yeah. And so, you can definitely tell a story through that hunt. Yeah, too. absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that would probably be the biggest one. Right on. Awesome. And yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a feat within itself too. And that, that, that's going to be a lot of. Of photos and it's right. a, a great way to to share an experience yeah all right definitely let's get into um some questions we have some uh a segment of the uh, podcast I like to call questions from the gram cool um, first one's a photography one keep you keep get the ball rolling is from matt far from at barbecue uh fellow reload rub member uh self-taught photography youtuber does great takes uh great uh food shots he wanted to know if you had to keep one lens and use it for the rest of your life what would it be Ooh, probably the 24 to 70 that i use just because it's so versatile you can use it pretty much that's all i keep on my camera is that lens so i'd probably say that one nice yeah nice. matt there you go um <laughs> thanks matt. I, don't, I don't get into lens talk too much yeah. so <laughs> if stephanie's saying go with it then it's probably good that, that's cool um next question chris from at cooking with swiss fellow uh on the grill alumni he wanted to know either benelli or beretta Ooh, benelli 100 oh, yeah. i shoot a benelli so i have a benelli supernova and i love it nice. yeah they're sweet little guns yeah, yeah definitely it's it's a beautiful gun uh, i just love how it feels so mm-hmm. yeah it's nice is that what you shoot with i do yeah I do. Um, the, I've shot with that for about like two years, probably. It's a Benelli M2. Oh, nice. Man, it's that's 20 cool. gauge. My dad always teases me about having a 20 gauge, but it, it gets the job done. So, oh, yeah. It works. It's, <laughs> yeah. I think, excuse me, if you're in the Benelli family, it's, it's just a great, uh, great gun to have. And Absolutely. It's, it's well made. And yeah. Um, the camo scheme is beautiful too. It is definitely. Uh, next question, Travis from at Travis backyard barbecue. He wanted to know what is your favorite thing to cook? And then second part of the question, uh, what was something you'd like to learn how to cook? Oh man. I don't know. Probably what I'd like to cook is probably, you know, the meat, get more comfortable with that on the Traeger. Um, and as far as what I like to cook, anything I can eat. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where it goes. Anything that tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> and anything that's in season, I mean, um, is perfect. Are you a big, uh, I mean, you, you, you kind of have to like potatoes, I guess, living in a hide right? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. We try it like you do. We try and stay away from the carbs um, just because they make you feel so sluggish and um, we actually did keto last year and my husband lost 50 pounds Jeez. and I lost 30. Um, and we've just kind of, you know, put that in our lifestyle. We still eat carbs here and there, but you know, for the most part, we try not to. It's such an amazing feeling, right? Keto. And oh. you learn so much, you learn so much about your body and how it, it, Absolutely. it, it uses fuel. So yeah. Um, and people keep saying, you know, you need the carbs. It's like, well, we, we really don't need them. <laughs> Yeah, we have yeah. just as much energy without them. So yeah, I'm doing just fine. Yeah, just fine. absolutely. Um, my good friends at Reload Rub, Joel and Stacy, they are the proud sponsors of this podcast. Uh, I recommend everyone go to www.reloadrub.com, get a cart full of rubs, and use promo code CODA10 to save yourself some change. Uh, great, great company, great rubs. Oh, such uh, good rubs. Yeah, yeah. Very, very. Uh, what's your favorite? Ooh, I really like the double action. Yeah. Um, that's probably my favorite. 
Double action bacon is a game changer. Ooh, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, four, uh, 400 degrees in the oven mm-hmm. or on your smoker with a double action on one side for about 14 minutes. And if you want it crispier, go up a little bit. But that that will change your life, how you eat Ooh, bacon. I'll have to try that. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Love bacon. <laughs> um, uh Reload Rub, they want to know what's your favorite animal to hunt. And uh, they also want to know what, what's your favorite wild game eat. Mm. I guess he kind of answered that. but Yeah. Um, so before we went elk hunting, I'd probably say ducks because, you know, they just they kind of surprise you. And it's, it's, it's just fun, you know, the environment you're in and the people you're with and so I'd probably say waterfowl, but now that we've been elk hunting um, on public land, I'd have to say elk hunting because they, you know, for such a big animal, they're pretty sneaky. <laughs> yeah, it's smart. So it, it's kind of, it's fun. So, and then, yeah, the wild game, as far as my favorite to eat is probably the waterfowl jerky. Nice. So, Yeah. All right, our good friend uh, Spencer Kirksey at oh, Spencer no. Kirksey Official. <laughs> he liked to know how long have you been a bus- how long has the buttery biscuit been an inspiration to you? <laughs> uh, I don't know. A year? You can say never. You can say he doesn't inspire you. He'll be okay. fine. He, his photography inspires me. Because it's been pretty good. But other than that, that man bun doesn't inspire me. There you go. There you go, Spencer. <laughs> Cut the man bun. Cut the man bun off. <laughs> um, it's actually funny, too. A lot of people think he, um, on most of his photos, um, they want, they think he has a photographer with him or something. But uh, most of them are by himself. So. Yeah. Um, no, he, uh, uh, yeah, I want to say I've known him for maybe like a year. But we met through Instagram and he's been super helpful. He got me in contact with Leo at Primal Provisions. Um, and so I do some photos for Leo. Um, and he's, you know, Spencer's always super supportive and getting my work out there and he's good people for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Leo at Primal Provisions is awesome. He has some great, uh, I just bought a hat. Um, now it's my second hand. I got the mug. Um, such a great brand and Leo does a great job. Yeah, go buy go buy a sweatshirt and some t-shirts, people. There you go. <laughs> um, Spencer would like to know what top three pieces of advice would you give a beginner, anybody, any beginner photographers? Um, well, I kind of covered those, but definitely YouTube um, or like take a class. Um, our local uh, camera shop here has like free classes you can go to, which are super great for people, um, you know, just to kind of get to know your camera and all the special little features it has um the other one is just shoot anything and everything every day um just kind of take some different things from youtube and just work on those and shoot and then the third thing would probably be to you know take those uncomfortable shots and you know getting different you know get in the water I I try a lot to get in the water and get those shots um your camera is very durable you can clean it um so you know if you see a shot don't be afraid to tackle whatever's in your way absolutely yeah, yeah. well so. said all right Stephanie you are officially off the grill you did great oh, um thank you. let people know where they can find you at yes do you want me to spell out Suneco just in case what it yeah that's fine <laughs> It's T-S-U-N-E-K-O. All right, perfect. Um, just on Instagram, you got a website or anything you want I to promote? Do. Yeah, so it's stephaniesunecophotography.com, but if you go on my Instagram, it's on there in the bio. So, Okay, perfect. Thank you so much, Stephanie. You did great. Um, so I appreciate much. you for sharing your story. Uh, these are the stories that people want to hear. It's great. Um, I want to thank you, you and your family for allowing us to share the story of your father. And, uh, you know, that's a credible journey. Thank him for his service. Yeah. Thank you um, for your service. Absolutely. Appreciate that very much. Uh, Stephanie, any final words? No, just thank you so much for having me on here. It was great chatting with you. 
Absolutely. Stephanie did great. Thank you. Uh, We'll be in touch. Everyone else, thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.